0: So here's the deal. We're starting a new series tonight called Fear Not, and we're talking about the fear that we have of what God has planned for us. I know that sounds weird. You're like, wait, we always want what God has planned for us. No, I think many of us fear what God has planned for us, what he may be calling us to do, uh, what he wants for us to do, who he has for us. I think many times we treat God kind of like that annoying person in our lives. You know, you know, the one that like when you're at the store and you see them, you like duck behind the aisle and like people are looking at you weird and you don't care because you just don't want them to see you. It's that person that texts you and you don't even open the text. You just try to read it so that they can't see the three lines. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like the person that calls and you don't hit the button because you want it to go all the way to voicemail so they don't think that you're hanging up with them. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about. I still remember the first time I ever saw this in my mom's life. I remember she was on the phone with someone, and this lady would not stop talking. She apparently would not. She actually, my mom looked at me. She goes, Go outside and ring the doorbell. I was like, What? And I literally, I was a little kid, so I was a little jerk. I was like, Why do you want me to ring the doorbell? It was bad. But I did, but I think that's what we do sometimes. Here's what we want. We want to be close enough to God for the good stuff, right? We want blessings, we want heaven, all that kind of stuff. But we don't want to be so close that he has all access. We don't want to be so close that he may call us to Africa, right? Or make me give up something that I enjoy or marry somebody I think is ugly. Like, we're just being honest, right? Some of us, we fear that. We fear that God's going to call us to a job that doesn't make much money. And it's like, what if I give him all my life And it doesn't go the way that I want it to. And here's what's interesting. A lot of us just don't have an incredible amount of faith in what God's calling us to. We don't always think that it's better. And here's the deal. A lot of times we believe that faith is the absence. Um, That fear is actually the absence of faith. It's not. Fear is just the belief in something else. It's the belief in the what ifs. What if I never get married? What if I never have kids? What if I never get out of debt, never finish college, uh, never get over my ex? What if, if, what if, what if? I go there very easily. I, I wish I didn't. And it happens every year. And you guys have, some, if you've been around, you've heard me talk about this because it happens every year. I don't know why. But my wife, every year, at some point, disappears. Um, it's one of the days, she just decides for eight hours, you're not going to be able to find me. Um, You're not going to know where I am. She's usually like serving the homeless or something. It's something good, but she always disappears. And I don't know where she is. It happened when we were first dating. Like literally there's this time of eight hours. I'm like calling her parents. Nobody knows where she is, all that kind of stuff. I'm getting freaked out. I go, what if very quickly? Well, that happened this past year. I couldn't find her. I didn't know what was going on. Her phone ran out of battery because she never has her phone on more than 10% battery for some reason. I don't think it's possible for it to go higher than 10%. I really just don't think it is. And so I'm freaked out. I am at home. I've got my son. I've got our two foster kids. I just start going the what ifs. I'm like, what if she got in an accident? What if she's on the side of the road? What if she got taken? What if this happens? What if that happens? Like what's going on with my life? And then I start going through my head. I'm like, what do I need to do right now? Do I just leave the kids here and go out? They sleep really well. I can watch them on the camera. Like, do I have to get them up? Do I have to go with it? And then I'm like, well, what if she's dead? Then like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a single dad. I'm going to have to raise these kids. Do I keep the foster kids? Am my son going to be able to do okay with it? Is he going to be fine? Like, oh my gosh, do I even stay in ministry anymore? Am I going to be so distraught? Like, I go there. That's my problem. I go there. That's why we talk about anxiety a lot in here. But we do. We, we live with the what ifs. We live constantly thinking about what is not even there. We, we believe in those things. We focus on those things. And 2 Timothy 1.7 is a verse that I should know very well. It says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so what we're going to talk about today is someone that I believe probably had an insane amount of fear. Uh, an insane amount of fear of what God was about to do in her life, and that's Mary. I mean, imagine being in her place, and God interrupts her life. And here's what I want you guys to get. God's interruptions in our lives are many times very inconvenient. In fact, very few times do I feel like God's interruptions are exactly what we want to happen at that moment. So in Luke 1, 26 to 29, we see what happens. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, those of you who don't know who Elizabeth is, she is related to Mary. She was not able to have a kid. An angel actually came to her, said, you're going to have a kid. He's going to be John the Baptist. He's going to be like the prophet for Jesus. He's going to tell everybody that he is coming. So in the sixth month of that pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph of a descendant of King David. That's important because that was a part of the prophecy of Jesus. So Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Guys, you gotta realize how freaky this is. Like, angels are not like cute little babies with harps. Like, angels were warriors. Like, God would call them in to take out cities. He'd also be called them in to, to keep someone safe. This is a daunting figure that shows up in this girl's house and says, Greetings, favored woman. Like, I don't know where you're thinking. Like, it's a good thing he started off with that. Like she's sitting there, she has no idea what's going on. And she's a teenager. In fact, she's probably about 14 or 15 years old. We know that because the moment that you hit puberty as a girl, you were married off. Some of you are like, that sounds like a great idea if that could have happened. But you were literally married off. And so she's 14, maybe 15 years old. And an angel shows up in her room and says, you are favored. I mean, she's In the middle of what is crazy. I mean, right now she's probably just thinking about her wedding. This was a huge deal. Back then, their weddings were massive, week long events tons of plannings, tons of stuff going on, a lot of celebration. You can imagine that's what she's thinking about. She's thinking about the celebrations. She's thinking about the fun. She's thinking about getting married. She's writing out her her name, Mary, and we don't know Joseph's last name, it just says of Arimathea. So it's like Mary of Arimathea, which is a really long last name. And she's just writing it out. And you know, she's thinking about naming her future children. She's like, what about the name Judas? And she's like, no, something tells me that's a bad name. You know, she's trying to figure it out. She's, like, she's, she's going through these things. She's looking on Pinterest Well, they didn't have Pinterest back then. She's asking her friends, how did you do your wedding? And and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this angel shows up and interrupts all of that. Literally the biggest moment of her life to this point. And here's what we got to understand. What we call interruptions, God calls invitations. See, what she didn't know at that moment was what was about to happen. Many times we get mad. We, we see God calling us to something. We can even see the higher purpose in it sometimes. We can even see what God's going to do, but we're mad because it, it messes with what we're doing. But that's what God does. I mean, Moses, he was literally just tending his flock. He walks along. There's a burning bush. God speaks to him through the burning bush and says, hey, this is nice and all that you're a shepherd, but I'm going to use you to free my people. I mean, you have Jonah. Jonah actually knew what God wanted him to do. He went the opposite way. God used a big fish, swallowed him, threw him up on the beach and said, you might as well follow me now. And then you have Saul who is killing Christians, leading people to take out Christians. He is met by God on the road to Damascus by a bright light. God changes his name and uses him to plant churches. I mean, this has got to be a crazy, crazy moment in her life to all of a sudden go, all right, everything that I thought was going to happen isn't. It's so easy for us, though, to shake off these invitations, It's so easy to shake them off because we're fearful. We make excuses. We don't think it's going to do there. Many of you have these stories. Many of you are in here today because somebody wouldn't leave you alone. They're like, you need to come to church. You're like, no, I don't want to go to church. You need to come to church. No, I don't want to come to church. Come on, come to church. This is what's going on. And you thought like one day they brought you to the exchange. Like there's a lot of food. And they're like, wait, there's a service too? Uh, like what's going on here? And like you came in and you started following, you know, you came in the music or maybe the teaching or something there. It started to get your heart and then you start following after God and then you started serving and all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, whoa, where's my life gone? It's because in that moment, you decided that was something you should do. For some of you, you've been there where you've had a friend that's in the hospital or struggling with depression or dealing with something. You know you should reach out, but you're like, I have no idea what to say. Let me just tell all of you that you don't need to know what to say. And there's not a perfect thing to say, but you did. You went over and you had a conversation that you felt was awkward. It didn't make sense. You didn't think anything happened, but you found out later. They said that meant so much to them. I mean, you have people that, you know, you see homeless people on the side of the road. You're like, well, why don't they just get a job? Why doesn't this just happen? But you go to one homeless ministry outreach, you talk to somebody, you get to understand them. And you start serving there because you realize you love them so much. I mean, some of you, you're in crazy, crazy enough to get involved in middle school ministry. And you don't even know why. You're like, they're weird. That was the worst time in my life. But now all of a sudden you're like, this is so much fun. I look forward to that every single week. And even scarier, it's like, I actually understand middle schoolers. Like, how did I get in their mind? But the thing is here is God's going to give us invitations, but it's our choice to listen to them or to just push them aside. It's our choice to decide what's going to happen there. And in Luke one thirty, it's a good thing the angel said this. He said, don't be afraid, Mary, of this random man standing in your living room. The angel like, for you have found favor with God. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, if you're Mary, you're going, okay, I want, if God's got favor, I want favor. Like, whatever that means, whatever is coming to me, I want favor. But Mary probably thought the favor was going to work differently. She was probably thinking, oh, I have favor with God. Maybe he's going to give me a bigger wedding. Or, you know, maybe he's going to, you know, maybe I'm going to marry a prince. Maybe it's going to get better. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's going to make my husband much better looking. Like, she didn't know what was going to happen. She's just going, God has favor. She's like, I'm going to be raised. She probably thought, I'm going to be raised to a level of prominence. But... She found out very quickly and what we get many times is God's purpose is often different than ours. And even if our purpose is the same, he usually gets there very differently than we think we will. And so she's realizing here, she goes, it's about all to change. To this point he's like, you found favor. You're highly exalted. She's like, yes, this is awesome. And this is where it all changes. Luke one to 33 says you will conceive and give birth to the son. She's like, what? I'm going to do what? <laughs> what? And you will name him Jesus he will be very great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Imagine in a moment, literally in a moment, you're getting told you're about to have a kid, but he's also going to be the son of God. Like it's what? Like you don't know what's going on, right? It's it's that high of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have the son of God. It's the low of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be pregnant and everyone's going to know. And back then it was a big deal. If you got pregnant before you got married, you could actually be killed off because of that. And then she's like, at the same time, it's like, my goodness, he's going to reign over everything and I get to be his mom. And then at the same time she's go, wait, but I've got to tell Joseph. Like, how does that go? Right? Hey, Joseph, Joey, <laughs> love of my life. You know, I would never do anything to hurt you. Right. But so, um, I'm pregnant. God's the dad, <laughs> right? Like it's like <laughs> good one. That's that's a good Mary. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. God's the dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. But that's what she's got to do. She her literally. It's going big. It's like God interrupted her entire plan, but He showed her. He goes, "Here's the deal. I'm going to bring incredible purpose to your life. It's not going to look like what you thought." You thought you were just going to get married, live this life, raise some kids, do all these things. I'm going to bring so much more. You thought it was all about a dream wedding and marriage. It's going to be all about bringing up the Savior of this world. And, And here's my deal. I want you guys to understand. Many times things happen in our lives that we don't realize is leading to something else. I mean, sometimes we lose jobs. We cannot find the right job because God's leading us to start a business. You know, maybe it's the fact that you need to break up with the wrong person so you can date the right person. I can't tell you how many people I've known that have kept dating, kept dating, kept dating, even though that it's wrong. And they finally break up with that person and they're like, oh, this other person's way better. It's like, yeah, that's what we were trying to tell you. (laughs) Everyone was telling you this. People who didn't know you was like, he's a bad guy. You should break up with him. But it's the thing, we we constantly think that, or maybe it's the fact that you need to go back to school, which I know no one of you want to hear that. Or maybe it's the fact that you just need to leave school, and God's calling you to something more. I don't know what it is in all of our lives, but we tend to be okay with staying in what we have rather than going after what God has. Because we love comfort. We love it. We love it. We will snuggle up to comfort, and we will not go away. God could be like, hey, I have all this for you, but you're like, I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable here. On... When Christy and I went to Dallas to uh, go see the church up there, uh, we went to go get our car. And so I had, I basically, whenever I get cars that rent and all that kind of stuff, I don't go crazy. I'm like, all right, just give me a midsize. You know, it was like a Toyota, Toyota Corolla. It's nothing special, nothing amazing. It's a dependable. If the guy you're dating has one, just be like he's ready to be a dad. You know, it's like one of those things. <laughs> some, some guy's literally going to put it, I have a Corolla. Don't replace me with a pillow. Anyway, so we go, and we're just walking out, and we got there late. Like, our flight got in at, like, midnight, and so we're walking out. There's, like, three cars, and I was like, he's, and I walk out, and I'm like, hey, what car am I supposed to have? He goes, do you want the Dodge Charger? It's like, yeah. Yes, I do. I would love to drive the Dodge Charger. I'd love to drive the brand-new Dodge Charger. You guys, here's what you guys got to understand. I drive an O3 Ford Ranger. I still have crank windows. All right, so when I get upgraded to a really—I mean, you turn that thing on, it like, like I was like, I was excited. Like Christy's like, this is dumb. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I'm, I'm zooming out of place. It had heated seats. I was hot, but I turned them on just because I've never had heated seats. Like the cup holder would do heat or cold. I'm just putting my hand in there. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is awesome. I'm taking off. down. It was raining on the street. I literally fishtailed out and went. I'm like, I feel so cool. My wife's like, what the heck is going on? But it was awesome. I was ready to be with a Corolla. And, and literally, they're like, no, you get to take the Dodge Carger. I mean, for some of you in here, that's what you got to understand. I mean, girls, you can use this as a relationship. You can go, yeah, I was going after the midsize, but I decided I needed a premium. You know, it's uh, guys, you can't use that you can't. Um, She will stalk you and all of your girlfriends and tell them what you said. That's just what we got to deal with. But girls, go ahead. Feel free to use that line tonight. Um, But this was the moment. God had something so much better, and she started to doubt. Luke 134, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. She's like, hey, here's the deal. I swear, nothing's happened yet. There's no way I'm pregnant. She's like, this interruption seems impossible. This entire idea seems impossible. And let me say this, you're going to go through life here and there's going to be so many things that God's calling you to do. And you're like, that sounds impossible. It's like God's calling you to give. And you're like, I have nothing to give. God's calling you to reconcile a relationship. And you're like, that relationship can't go forward. God's calling you to move forward and help heal a wound. And you're like, but that wound's going to be with me the rest of my life. God's like, I have a new start for you, a higher purpose. And we're going, but I don't want to start over. See, God's not just calling you to something. He's calling you to something more. Luke 1.35 says, The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born. Baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. That, what does that mean? That means there's nothing impossible for God. And guys, some of you just need to hear that tonight. I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened over Thanksgiving break. I don't know what's going on right now, but some of you need to hear with what God's calling you to Calling you to do. Nothing is impossible for God. It will not look the way we think it does. It will not go the way we think it will. But God's got something much more for you. So here's the question. What is God asking you to do or to believe in right now? Some of you already know. You're like, shut up. I already know. I already know what God's asking me to believe. I already know what God's asking me to do, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to believe it. Here's the deal. Our God is a speaking God. He doesn't speak audibly most of the time, but he does through situations. He does through people in our lives. He does through God's word. And so God is speaking to you, and he wants you to do something or believe in something. It's our job to move forward in it. But here's here's what you need to know. When you're ready to respond, and this will take a lot off your back, okay? Listen to this and understand this. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. We have to understand this. We must understand this. We got to get, all we're called to do is obey. Here's why. The outcome that happens is not always what we're looking for. In fact, even the outcome sometimes doesn't even take place in our lifetime. Sometimes it doesn't take place in our timeline. But God's calling us to do something. In fact, let me just say this. When you are talking to somebody about God, when you're telling somebody the gospel, your job is to tell them. Your job is not to convince them. God's the one that does the soul work. That's taken me uh, so much off of me, even as a pastor, understanding that's not my job. My job is to say what God's called me to say. It's his job to change hearts. Because... We will have so many what ifs. You guys have heard me talk about foster care before. And foster care was not something that we wanted to do right away. It wasn't something that we wanted to do right off the bat. And really with it came a lot of questions, a lot of what ifs. I mean, you look at it and you go, okay, so who are these two kids I'm bringing in my house? What kind of trauma issues are they going to have? What's going to be going on there? What is, are their parents going to be dangerous? Are they going to worry about this? What if their kid has some sort of sexual past or whatever that is? What will that affect my son? You know, what will happen here? What if they hit my son? What if, I mean, I had stuff going, you know, we have stairs. What if somebody pushes him down the stairs? What if this happens? What if that happens? God's like, no, 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 you don't get it. No, stop. Your job is not to ask the questions. Your job is to obey and how will work it for something more. And what's crazy is this, is we thought we were just loving kids, but it turns out we're loving moms. It turns out Chrissy's loving moms in an incredible way. I'll tell you guys this, this is nuts to me. Our current foster mom, after like three weeks, literally sent us a text that said, will you guys be my kids God's parents? Yeah, you guys are like, Oh, we're like, What? What does that mean to you? Like, are you leaving? What's going on? Like, we're like, what does that mean? And basically it took her a while to respond, but basically she said, she goes, Chrissy is the only person in her life that is positive. It's the only person telling her that she can make it and do these things. Look, we don't know way God's going to use things. God just calls us to step out and do it. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but it's obedience over what's going to happen. Okay, God's calling you to do something so that he can use it for something more. This is what Mary had to do. She's hearing all these things. This is nuts. And she had to pause and remember this. In Luke 1.38, this is so important. It says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Here's what she does first. She reminds herself of who she is and who she is. Okay, that's what we do when God calls us to do something. Remind ourselves of who we are and whose we are.